So we are doing chapter 28, a narration of visions. Sai Satcharit. Today is a big chapter, so let us see how best we can complete it. Otherwise, we'll have to take it in two parts. My obeisance to Sri Ganesh, to Sri Saraswati, to Sri Guru Maharaj, to the family deity, to Sita Ramachandra. My most humble obeisance. I bow in reverence to the most venerable Guru Sri Sainath. Sai is not confined confined to one place. Sai dwells in all things, living and non-living. Right from Brahma Dev down to the insect, as tiny as an ant or a fly, he pervades them all and everywhere. Perfect as he is in the Shabda Brahma, that is the Vedas, Sai gives the mark of the Parabrahma. Being thus perfect in both, he is most befittingly a Sadguru. Though he be possessed of profound knowledge, if he cannot instruct a disciple or fix him in the true self, then such, such a Sadguru is of no use. <clears throat> the mother gives birth to a child's physical body, but this birth is followed by death. Far more compassionate is the Guru, who destroys this birth-death cycle. And now to pick up the thread from the previous chapter. Listen to this chapter about dreams, how Baba appeared in the dream of a devotee giving him darshan in this way. To some he gave draw a trishul trident, from another he asked for khichdi, and yet another he appeared as a schoolmaster and cane in hand thrashed his back. Going in the dream, he frightened some just to free them from their addiction to alcohol. Saving them in this way from many calamities, he would create in them a fondness for himself. It is already it has already been described in chapter 13, which the listeners already know how he thrashed the back of someone cramming his chest with a malam. Most extraordinary is the tale that follows. Blessed will he be that the listeners and also the narrator both will sit still till totally engrossed and will experience an everlasting joy. The sins of listening to false malicious tales or censures etc. will be washed away. Let us relegate, relate once again and again the ever-sacred purifying stories of the saints. Now, O listeners, listen attentively to the story which will reveal Sai's kindness and compassion at every step. Raleigh Brothers was a firm of Greek traders who used to trade all over India and had their offices in various cities, with one such branch also in Mumbai. It was here that Lakshmi Chand was working under their offices at that time. In his job as a clerk, he was most trustworthy and obedient. In the beginning, he was in the railways. Thereafter, he worked in the Venkatesh printing press when he first came to enjoy Sai's company. Listen to how this came about. My man, even if he be in another country or thousands of miles away, I shall bring him to me trying to tying a rope to his legs, like the young one of a sparrow. Many a times had Baba spoken thus and so many people had heard it. It is their experience too. Let me now narrate this Leela of Sai. There were many such children in various countries whom he had brought to Shirdi and amongst this was Lakshmi Chand, a simple trusting child of Baba. It is only when the Prarabdha Karma accumulated over many births rises into ascendancy and the darkness of ignorance born of Maya is dispelled that one is blessed with the holy company of saints. This answers Padma's question. You will find that whatever question that she had asked, the answer is in this line. Okay. The fire of the discriminating intellect is rekindled. Renunciation dawns, brings with its good fortune. The sanchit karma declines and there is a fulfillment of life. 
Sanchit, something that has got accumulated over tons and tons of our lives, you know, millions of lives. Once the vision is fulfilled, filled with sigh, nothing else can find a place there. And even when the eyes are closed, they only see Sai Baba who is present all around. Once I met Lalaji, that is Lakshmi Chan, and the stories of his own experience which he narrated to me have been stored lovingly in my heart. I am most eager to tell them how now to the listeners. Even the call that came to him from Baba was just one of Baba's wonderful Leelas. May the faithful listeners listen to the story, bringing the hearts in the ears. It was during Christmas in 1910 that Lalaji had the opportunity to go to Shirdi. It was also the first time that he had Baba's darshan directly in person. But he had received an indication of such a visit a month or two earlier. Listen to how it happened. He was then at Santa Cruz, now a suburb of Mumbai and any such thought was furthest from his mind when he suddenly had a wonderful vision in his dream. He saw an old bearded man, a Mahatma, a sadhu surrounded by devotees standing before him. With love and reverence, he at once made obeisance to him. A little later, Lakshmi Chand had once gone to listen to Das Ganus Kirtan at the house of one Dattatre Manjunath Bijur. It was Das Ganu's regular practice to keep Baba's photograph in front of him during the Kirtan. As Lakshmi Chand saw the full picture, he at once remembered the figure in the dream. The same age, the same beard, the same limbs and feet. The mind got deeply engrossed as he realized that he was the same Mahatma. The Kirtan as it was, was by Das Ganu to add to it the story of Tukaram. And besides, he had just had the Sadhu's Darshan. Lalaji's mind was totally engrossed. Tender at heart that he was, Lakshmi Chan's eyes was filled with tears of love and his heart felt a longing as to when he would be able to set his eyes on the loving form. All his attention was fixed only on him whom he had seen in the dream and whose exact replica was now before him in the picture. He would think of nothing else. When I met a friend who will accompany when will I meet a friend who will accompany me to Shirdi? When will I bow my head at the feet of this saint? When will I get this sadhu's darshan? Will I ever experience the joy of his love? Such was the constant anxiety in Lakshmi Chan's mind. Moreover, the expense had to be taken care of. What should be done? How can I get his darshan quickly? So he began to think of ways and means. But God is forever hungry for the love and faith of the devotee. Just see what a miracle took place. On the same night at about 8 o'clock, a friend knocked on his door. As he opened the door to see, it was Shankar Rao, his friend, who came to ask Lakshmi Chan whether he wanted to come to Shirdi. In fact, he, Shankar Rao, had wanted to go to Kedgaon for taking the darshan of Narayan Maharaj. But he then thought, let me go to Shirdi first. Narayan Maharaj is another saint, by the way. That for which he wanted to make every effort came walking at his doorstep. Naturally, Lakshmi Chan's joy knew no bounds. He borrowed rupees 15 from his cousin and so did Shankar Rao, thus they both ready to set out. Packing their bag and baggage, they were ready to leave. They went to the station in good time, bought the tickets, thus catching the train comfortably. Shankar Rao was fond of bhajans. So both started singing bhajans in the train. Being curious by nature, Lakshmi Chan tried to gather some information on the way. If they happened to meet people from Shirdi, they would greet them and ask them for the personal experience of Sai Baba's great powers, which could bring them conviction. Sai Baba is a great saint and well-known around Ahmednagar, they said, please tell us with certainty some of your own experiences. 
there were four Muslims in the compartment who came from a place near Shirdi. Talking to this brought them both great satisfaction. Lakshmi Chand, who was simple and trusting, said very lovingly to them, Please tell us if you know anything about Sai Baba. They replied, Sai Baba is a great saint who has been residing at Shirdi for many years. He is a great avliya and a mahanta siddha. Conversing happily in this way, they, when they both reached Kopargaon, the Sheti Lakshmi Chand suddenly remembered. Sai Baba is very fond of gawas, he said, and Kopargaon produces them in plenty. They are sold on the banks of Godavari River. We can offer them to Baba. But when they reached the bank of Godavari, a beautiful scene elated them so much that they forgot all about the guavas and the Tonga had already reached the other bank of the river. From there, Shirdi was about four villages away. The Tonga started running full speed. Eventually, when Lakshmi Chand did remember, there was not a trace of guavas anywhere. Suddenly, they saw an old lady with a basket on her head running after their carriage. They stopped the Tonga for her, only to find to their great joy that the Guava had reached themselves, come, them, had themselves come after them. Happily, Lakshmi Chand began selecting the fruit with great care. One of only of the fruit that remained in the basket, the old lady said, Offer this to Baba on my behalf. Remembering the Guava and then forgetting all about them, the sudden meeting of the old lady and her devotion to Sai, all of this surprised them both greatly. In the beginning, the old man appeared in the dream. I saw the same man in the kirtan. Could this old lady be re- related to him also in the same way? Lalaji suddenly thought. However, the Tonga then drove on and reached Shirdi in no time. The banners flying on the mosque were spotted from a distance, and they both joined their hands in obeisance with great devotion. Immediately on arrival, they went to the mosque carrying with them the puja articles. As they took Sai's darshan, their hearts were flooded with happiness and contentment. They entered the Sabha Mandap from the gate of the courtyard as they gazed upon Baba's figure from a distance. They were choked with powerful emotions. When Lakshmi Chand had the long for darshan of Baba, his mind was completely engrossed at Baba's feet. He forgot hunger and thirst as he experienced an inner bliss. Taking some pure clean water in hand, he washed Baba's feet and performed the puja ritual. This is like Agriya Padya etc. With an offering of coconut, bananas etc. He burnt incense, waved lights, offered pan, that is betel leaf and dakshina and mentally made a production. He offered flower garlands and sat down near his feet. Lakshmi Chand was a great devotee who rejoicing in the Guru's grace was absorbed at Sai's feet as a bee in the lotus. Baba then said, These wretches, they sing bhajans on their way and ask questions to other people? What is there to ask others? They should see everything with their own eyes. Why should they ask other people? Can a dream so true ever be false? Make up your mind for yourself. And where was the need to borrow from the Marwadi and come for darshan? Is your heart's desire fulfilled at least now? On hearing these words, the mind was full of astonishment. How did Baba know here that we had made inquiries on the way? This was a great wonder that Lakshmi Chand felt at heart. At home, I had a dream in the train we sang bhajans, but how did Baba know all this? Oh, what a one marvelous intuition this was! True, I was most eager for the darshan, and that I was short of money, which I supplemented by borrowing. But just see how he knows even this. Lakshmi Chand was astonished beyond words. All the devotees who, like the bees to a lotus, are attracted to Sai's lotus feet were also great surprised. Baba's leelas are inconceivable indeed. 
to celebrate festival or to go on pilgrimage with borrowed money was an indebtedness that Baba did not like. This was the main lesson here. Later, Lakshmi Chand along with other devotees went to Sathewada and with a joyful heart sat down for the meal at noon. Meanwhile, Sanja which some devotees had bought was being served a little on each plate as Baba's prasad and Lalaji felt satiated and happy as he ate it. The next day Lalaji remembered the Sanja at meal time but it was not a daily item and his desire for it remained unfulfilled. But on the third day, just see the wonder as to how and by what means Sai Maharaj compensated for Lalaji's unsatisfied desire. Jog arrived at the mosque for puja with sandal paste, consecrated rice, flowers, lambs, bells, etc. and began to ask Baba, Baba, what should I bring as Naivedya today? And Maharaj commanded, Bring a dish full of sanja for me. Puri, Aarti, Puja, Aarti, etc. can wait, you perform them later. So leaving all the puja ingredients there, Jog at once went back and returned immediately bringing with him shira or sanja enough for all. Sanja is also, you know, in uh, South India we call it uh, Kesari Bhat. Okay, that is what it is. Alright. Later the noon Aarti was performed. The devotees had already brought their naivedya and now their plate started coming up to Baba. Baba then said to his devotees, Today is a good day and I feel the prasad today should be of Sanja. Bring it up here, send it for quickly. All should eat it to their heart's content. The devotees went and bought two vessels filled with Sanja. Lakshmi Chan was already feeling hungry though there was some discomfort due to rheumatic pain in his back. The hunger in the stomach, the nagging pains in the back had made Lakshmi Chan quite restless. But now listen carefully or listeners to the words that came from Baba's mouth at that time. It is good, he said, that you are feeling hungry. There is pain in the waist which needs medicine. But now is the time for eating Sanja. Get ready for Aarti. Whatever was in Lakshmi Chan's mind was very clearly expressed in Baba's words. An echo without an utterance. Truly Maharaj intuitively knew everything. Aarti was over. Sanja was served during the meal and Lakshmi Chan's desire for it was satisfied making him very happy. From then onwards, love for Baba began to grow. Offering of coconut, incense steak, flower garlands became his regular practice. The practice of performing puja continued, bringing Lakshmi Chan peace and happiness. The devotion to Sai grew so much that if he met anyone going to Shirdi, he always sent with him a garland, dakshina, camp for an incense sticks, etc. Whoever might be going to Shirdi, the moment Lakshmi Chan learnt about it, he would definitely send these three things with dakshina for Baba. It was now during the aforesaid trip that on the night when Baba was in the Chaudi, Lakshmi Chan went to see the ceremony. Suddenly Baba had a fit of coughing, which caused him great distress and agitation. Lakshmi Chan said to himself, Oh, how troublesome is the cup. I feel as if it's the evil eye of the people that is giving rise to it. It was just a thought that rose in Lakshmi Chan's mind. But when he came to the mosque in the morning, just see the marvel of what Baba said. Madhavra had come there too and Baba said to him all on his own, Yesterday I had a severe bout of coughing. Could, be the, could this be the result of an evil eye? I really felt that someone had cast an evil eye on me. That is why this cuff is making me, tr- troubling me in every way. In his mind, Lakshmi Chan was struck with wonder. This is just a repetition of my thoughts. How did Baba know all this? Really, he dwells in the heart of all. With folded hands, he prayed to Baba. Maharaj, I have been enjoyed by your darshan. Please be merciful and protect me always. Except for this holy field, I know not no other God in this world. May my heart be always engrossed in your worship only. I bow at your feet, O Sain Samar. I now ask your leave to go. Please grant me permission and extend your protection to us, the orphans. 
having compassion for us always so that this worldly life may not torment us may we increasingly take to chanting your name and experience peace and happiness all around us with sighs blessing and udi and rejoicing at heart lakshmi chand returned home with his friend singing sighs praises all the way another little sparrow was similarly pulled by the string and brought to shirdi by baba when the right moment had arrived for her to leave baba's darshan listen to the wonderful tale the sparrow was a very affectionate lady whose story is most amazing at baharanpur the lady had a vision in which she saw sai never had she had actual darshan before but the lady had a dream in which baba came to her door and asked her for a meal, for a meal of khichdi the lady woke up instantly and looked around but there was no one there she hurried to narrate this vision to everyone her mother her husband was an officer in the postal department in the same city later when he was transferred to akola she immediately made preparations to go to shirdi the couple had was full of faith and devotion and a keen desire for sai sarsh the vision became a matter of fond admiration for them sai's maya is really most remarkable choosing a suitable day they both set out for shirdi and paying their respects to the sacred gomati godavari which was on their way they arrived at shirdi lovingly they took baba's darshan offered puja with devotion and stayed on in shirdi in happiness and contentment worshiping baba's feet every day in this way the couple stayed happily for two months there baba was also pleased with the khichdi which they offered with much love and faith the couple had traveled to shirdi mainly for offering khichdi as naivedya but 14 days had passed and the khichdi still remained to be offered the lady did not like such a long delay in fulfilling the resort so on the 15th day as soon as it was noon she came to the mosque with the khichdi on coming there the lady learned that the curtains had already been drawn and then taking the devotees with him baba had already sat down for the meal at such time when the wheel was in progress nobody would go behind the curtain but the lady was too impatient to sit still waiting quietly in the sabha mandap below <coughs> she had und- undertaken the journey all the way from akola to shirdi only out of great eagerness to offer khichdi to baba how would that extraordinary enthusiasm allow her to sit quietly waiting below so without listening to anyone she lifted the curtain with her own hands and entered with her offering thus fulfilling her desire and baba also surprised all of them he showed such a keen desire for her khichdi that he would have it first before anything else and actually seize the plate in both the hands seeing the khichdi was so enthused with picking up the mouthful one after the other <coughs> he eagerly shoved them in the mouth all watched him fondly with wonder this eagerness on baba's part filled the minds with astonishment and when they heard the story of that khichdi they realized how extraordinary was baba's ways as you listen to the story that follows your heart will be overwhelmed with love it's about a gujarati brahman who suddenly came to shirdi to observe baba he who had served at rao bahadur sathe's house in the beginning found refuge at baba's feet while still serving sathe's sathe faithfully that is also an interesting story just listen to how shri hari satisfies the longing of him whose heart is filled with love and devotion the name of this brahman was megha his association with sai from previous birth brought him to shirdi but listen attentively now to the story sathe was then an assistant collector in khera district and it was there that he met megha quite unexpectedly 
he took him up in service to perform the daily puja in Shiva's Shiva shrine. Later, this Sathe came to Shirdi and good fortune smiled on him. He enjoyed Sai's holy company and his mind at once absorbed at Sai's feet. When he saw the rush of pilgrims there, he resolved that he would have his own wada to be able to come and stay there. He met some leading villagers and acquired that piece of land, where in the beginning Baba had appeared. The place was fixed for building the wada. The importance of this sacred place had already been described in the fourth chapter, repetition of which is not called for here. So let us continue our narration. And so Mega accumulated merit being great, he met Rao Bahadur Sate, for it was by his ardent effort that Mega was at once guided to the spiritual path. Overwhelmed by circumstances, he had become neglectful in the prescribed act and observances. But Sate brought him back on the path of righteousness by initiating him in reciting the Gayatri Mantra. As Megha began to serve Sate, their mutual respect grew, so much so that to Megha, Sate was his guru, from whom he developed great affection. One day, during a casual conversation, as Sate was praising his own guru, his heart was overcome with love and he said to Megha, I wish all my heart that I can bathe Baba in the water of the holy Ganga, and it is mainly for this purpose that I am sending you to Shirdi. Moreover, when I see you, your dedicated service to me, I sincerely feel that you should be blessed with the holy company of the Sadguru and develop sincere faith and devotion for him. Your physical existence will then be fulfilled and you will have achieved the highest good in this birth. Go, go, worship the Sadguru's feet with mind, speech and action. Mega then inquired about Baba's caste. Actually, even Sate did not know him. He said, some call him Avinda because he lives in a mosque. The moment the word Avinda fell in the ears, Mega was dejected in the mind. There is no creature meaner than a Muslim. Of what worth is he as a Guru? But now, if he were to say no, Sate would be angry if he said yes. He would descend into hell. What should he do? He could not think. He was worried and anxious. He was caught between the devil and the deep sea. His mind was wavering and restless. But Sate, in all eagerness, earnestness, was urging him to go. So he decided that he would go and have darshan. Then Mega came to Shirdi. As he reached the courtyard and began to climb the steps, Baba began his Leela. He wore a stern, severe look at the face and picked up a stone saying, Don't you dare put your foot on the step. This is a place inhabited by a Yavan. Oh, you are a high caste Brahmin and I the meanest of the mean. A Yavan? You will be polluted. Go back. Return this minute. That agitated expression that flying snappishly at him it was just but another manifestation of the Rudra of the pralaya, in the Pralaya. Don Lucas trembled and Mega too began to shake violently with fear. But his anger was only on the surface, while the heart within was flooded with loving compassion. Mega was wonderstruck. How did he know my innermost thought? Oh, where, where that far away Khera district and where this distant Ahmednagar? Baba's anger is only a reflection in his own mind, so full of doubt. The more Baba advanced to beat him, the more Mega's courage failed him. At each time, he took a step backward for he dared not come any near. In the same situation, he continued in Shirdi for a few days, trying to gauge Baba's mood. He went on serving him in whatever manner he could, but he had no conviction. Later, he went on his own home, where he ran a high temperature and became bedridden. A constant longing for Baba gave within him there. So once again he returned to Shirdi. As he came back, he felt very happy and he stayed on. He developed faith in Sai and became his steadfast devotee. Sai, Sai now became his one and only God. Mega had already devoted to Shiva 
and his attachment to Sai's feel due. He knew he saw Shiva and Sainath alone with his Umana. By night and by day, Mega now ceaselessly chanted the name of Sai Shankar. His mind became one with Sai Shankar and the heart cleansed of all the blemishes became pure. Seeing Sai as Shankar, his devotion to Sai became single-minded and with Shankar Shankar on his lip all the time, he refused to accept any other god as his chosen deity. Sai alone now became his daily puja ritual. Sai was his Girja Raman. With this thought firmly fixed in the mind, Mega was always in a happy mood. Shankar is frail of, fond of bale leaves, but there is no bale tree in Shirdi. For its leaves, Mega used to walk 2 or 3 miles to satisfy his own desire to offer them to Shankar. What were 2 or 3 miles to him? He would even have crossed a mountain just to get the leaves, so that he could satisfy his wish of performing a puja, proper puja, and fulfill his heartfelt desire. Going long distance, Mega would bring the bale leaves and thus collect all the ingredients for the puja and offer puja to various village deities in a particular fixed order with proper rites and rituals. Immediately on finishing it, he would go to the mosque lovingly and make obeisance at the free seat occupied by Baba and after pressing Baba's feet, first drink the Tirtha. There are other stories of Mega too, which will delight listeners and will also show Sai's reverence for the village deities and the all pervasiveness. So long as Mega was in Shirdi, he regularly performed Noonday Aarti, but he would first offer puja to all the village deities and then go to the mosque. Such was his daily routine, which one day he missed. In spite of his best efforts, Khandoba's puja could not be performed that day. He wanted to offer puja as usual, but try as he may, the door could not be opened. So leaving the puja unperformed, he came to the mosque with the aarti. Baba at once said, Today there has been a break in your daily puja. All the other gods have been worshipped, but one god remains without the daily puja. Go perform that and then come back. Mega said, Baba, the door was closed, and though I tried to open it, it could not be opened. So perforce I had to omit it. Baba said, Go and see again. Now the door is open. Without wasting a moment, Mega went back immediately and experienced the truth of Baba's words. He then offered puja to Khanderaya. In this way, his own restlessness was also calmed. Baba then allowed Mega to do his puja. With great reverence, Mega offered Ashtopchar puja with sandal paste, flowers, etc. And according to his capacity, he gave Dakshana, flower garlands, and fruits. Once on the Makar Sankrant day, Mega wished to bring water from the Godavari river to give Baba a proper bath bath, like oil, sandalwood paste mixed with other fragrant ingredients, etc., all over his body. He pestered Baba to obtain permission, <coughs> his permission, and when ultimately Baba said, Do as you please, Mega picked up the water vessel and sent out, set out to get the water. Before the sunrise, Mega set out empty vessel in hand, barefooted and without an umbrella to bring water from Gomti river. That the distance both ways was 16 miles, and that to traverse it would mean great effort and much trouble, it was a thought that never crossed his mind even in a dream. That was not his worry at all. On getting the permission, he set out at once. When the resolve is firm, it generates great enthusiasm for the task in hand. The moment it came into his mind to bathe Sai with the Ganga water, what was the effort, where is the exhaustion, firm faith is the only measure in achieving the purpose. In this way, the water was bought and emptied in the copper vessel. He then kept on pressing Baba to get up and have a bath, but Baba would not listen. The Aarti at noon was over and people went back to their respective homes. Everything is ready for the bath and it is afternoon already, said Mega. Seeing Mega's persistence, Sai, who had incarnated only to show his Leela, held Mega's hand in his own and said, Really Mega, I do not want this bath with the Ganga water. Oh, how foolish can you be? Why does a fakir like me want Ganga water? 
but Megha was not prepared to listen to anything. He knew only one thing that to him Baba was Shankar himself and that Shankar is pleased when bathed with Ganga water. He said Baba, today is the festive occasion of Makar Sankarana. When Shankar is pleased with the bath of Ganga water, seeing his overwhelmed love, pure heart and firm resolve, Baba said, All right, let your wish be satisfied. So saying, he got up and went and sat on the low stool kept for the bath. He bent his head forward before Mega and said, Just put a little water here. Of all the parts of the body, head is the chief. Sprinkle a little water on it and it will be equal to full bath. Listen to me at least that's this much. All right, he said, lifting the water vessel, went lovingly poured it over the head. As he emptied it, saying Har Gange, he poured water all over Baba and not only on his head. Mega was very pleased with himself at the thought, I bathed Shankar fully with his garments on. And lo, as he put down the empty vessel, he stared at Baba in wonder. Although he had poured water all over the body, Baba's head alone was wet while the other parts were dry. On his clothes too, there was not a drop of water. Mega's pride was humbled and those around gaped in astonishment. Such was Sri Sai's way of indulging the devotee's fancy. Now listen to, now you wish to bathe me, go ahead and do according to your wishes. But even in this you will get me, get my sign quite easily. This is the secret significance of Sai's darshan. You have only to have the good fortune of bathing in the holy company and then nothing is difficult. By and by everything becomes easy. Every instant, resting or walking or take, talking or taking around morning, around morning and noon, if the devotee keeps a steady immovable faith, he would have achieved the desired goal. But only by giving such an inner sign in the actual practice of life and by creating a fondness for the spiritual life, did Sai instruct the devotee little by little in that path. There is another story, such story of Mega, by listening to which the listener will be delighted. Sai's love for his devotee will surely gladden their hearts. There was a large new picture of Baba, which Nana Sahib Sandurkar had presented to Mega. He used to keep it in the Vada and worship it with great devotion. In the mosque was Baba in person, in the Vada was his full-length picture, an exact replica. In both these places, Mega performed puja and arati day and night. This daily worship continued for 12 months passed by easily, then one day Mega had a vision as he lay awake on his bed at dawn. While he was in bed, although his eyes were closed, his mind was fully awake when he clearly saw Baba's figure. Knowing fully well that he was awake, Baba also threw some grains of consecrated rice on his bed and said, Mega, do draw Trishul and disappeared that instant. Hearing Baba's words, Mega opened his eyes at once but was astonished to see him vanish. Mega looked all around only to see the rice all over the bed. Even as the door of the Vada was fastened as before, he was quite mystified. He went to the mosque at once and after taking Baba's darshan, he narrated the incident of Trishul asking Baba's permission to draw it. Mega narrated his vision in detail. Baba then said, What vision? Did you not hear my words telling you to draw the Trishul? Calling it a vision, are you trying to evaluate my words? My words have a profound significance. Not even a letter in them is meaningless. Mega said, Even I thought in the beginning that you woke me up, but not a single door was open, so I regarded it as a vision. Listen to Baba's reply <coughs> to this. No door is necessary for my entry. I have neither shape nor size. I am always everywhere. Casting his burden on me, he who truly becomes one with me, of him I become the controller regulating bodily functions. But now listen carefully or listeners to Baba's wonderful Leela, which you will, be un- which you will understand the purpose of the Trishul. You will then realize the connection. Here, as Mega returned, he began to draw the Trishul on the wall near Baba's picture in the Vada and it was drawn using the red color. The very next day there came to the mosque a Ramdas devotee from Pune. 
he made obeisance to Baba very lovingly and offered him a shivling. At that moment, Mega also came there and prostrated Baba and obeisance. Baba said, See, the Shankar has come for you. Now you look after him. To get the Linga in this way quite unexpectedly and that too after the vision of the Trishul, Mega stood still for a moment looking at the Linga. He was so much overcome with emotion that a lump rose in his throat. <coughs> the listener should listen attentively to yet another unique experience of the Linga, which Kaka Sahib Dikshit had. It will further confirm their faith in Sai. As Mega came out of the mosque carrying the linga with him, Dikshit had just finished the bath in the vada and was engrossed in chanting the name. A towel in his hand, he stood on the stone drying himself with a clean cloth and remembered Sai. Following his daily practice, he was chanting Sai's name with the head covered when he suddenly had the darshan of a linga. While chanting the name, why should I get this linga darshan today only? As Dikshit wondered thus, he saw that Mega was standing near him in a happy mood. Mega said, Look Kaka, see Baba has given me this linga. Kaka was surprised but pleased to note that the special feature of that linga. It was a form and figure, its shape and special nature, it was the same at which he had darshan earlier. Dikshit felt very happy. Later on, the drawing of the Trishul was complete at Mega's hand and Sai got him to install the linga near his picture. Mega was fond of performing Shankar Puja. His faith and devotion are confined by uh, presenting him with a shivling. Truly, size Lila is inconceivable. Oh, but is there one such tale? I can narrate innumerable ones like this one, but for the fact that the book will increase in the bulk, hence, O oh listeners, forgive me. And yet, eager as you might be for more, I shall narrate one more in the next chapter, and you will hear of even more marvelous deeds of Sai. Seeking refuge at Sai's feet, Hemad makes his audience listen to Sai's story, which will free them from the fear of worldly life and avert their troubles. We'll be to all here in the 28th chapter of Sri Sai Samat Satcharit called the Narration of Visions, as inspired by the saints and the virtuous and composed by the devotee Hemad Pant. It's very surprising that we have been able to complete this chapter in less than 30 minutes, is it? <laughs> and uh, the thing is, there are too many stories over there. <laughs> so, Mega, she also heard her name. <laughs> I think half of the chapter is in Mega's name. So anyway, what happens over here is, whatever is the desire, the innermost desire of that person, that desire is always fulfilled. Like say for example, a person had the intense desire to see my Gurudev one day and she happened to go to a Chinese shop and the Chinese shop is a Chinese shop where do you find anybody like that in the Chinese shop and while she was going over all the figurines over there suddenly there was one small statue a very tiny one and that was of Dattatri. Now you will ask how did this statue happen to be in a Chinese shop? Chinese do not have any idea about Dattatri. But how come that particular piece was there? So this is exactly how devotion is all about. Devotion is so very peculiar. Sometimes person says I want something. And the devotee of the Lord, the devotee of the Lord is always given that which he desires even in the oddest of the places. In the oddest of the places also you will find his presence. 
and this is the reason why you you have to give it a chance the reason why the shivlinga you know the trishul was drawn over there so that the shivlinga could be established over there it so happens that every god has been given a particular position in our world and sometimes that particular divine being has to be put over there many a times what we do is we put another picture or we put something else but after some time you will find that that place gets displaced and the one who is actually supposed to sit over there will or will turn up over there so it is like ganesha his place is always at the beginning of any house you know like you will find that his picture will be always placed at the top of that entrance or facing the entrance or it will be the first thing that you see in a household so it should always be given a particular place now the place where sathewada is today that is a place where earlier i mean there is still that place is there uh, there is this neem tree neem tree has got two branches one which is having sweet leaves and one which is having kadwa leaves neem you know neem so under that tree was this cave found if you remember and the cave has now been covered up sathewada is just behind that and earlier people used to come and stay in that place also now that place has completely changed it has become a different kind of a place altogether so in the same way the place where baba samadhi is that place is called butti buttiswara butti was a great person from Shil- from nagpur and he had come and purchased that place and he had made this wada over there at that point in time like i said you know whoever stan is there that that particular deity or divinity will always come and take that place up so butti said that i will put up krishna over here should we put up krishna statue over here we are going to do that and baba says you have to give me a place over there and if you go to shirdi you will find that in that entire place krishna is not there but baba samadhi is there so that is the reason why you will find that every place it has a special significance of a particular deity or a divinity so you need to give that particular deity or a divinity the chance of getting established in that place so always remember that suppose there is one particular corner or a place where you need to put that particular divinity you should give that divinity the place to sit over there and always establish the presence like it is mentioned how that person used to come and do the agra padya and all that that means washing the feet you know cleaning it up take a little lukewarm water clean the place up thoroughly make it clean and pure use you know kumkuma and all those things this is a certain ritual that you need to do so that the place gets purified yeah and also we uh, we basically put some you know agarbattis and stuff like that so if that is the way how the devotion can be established please do that if you feel that you don't need the agarbatti or the diya or bati or something like that it's all right even that is perfectly fine 
as long as you are lighting it inside your heart <laughs> that is more important so this is a beautiful story that we have done so if we have any questions you can take up the questions